Fellowship. Let's tune into Brad and Brit. It's a busy, busy Brad and Brit cast this day, that's for sure. Um, I would like to to uh, backtrack the last couple of days in general and address something that I think is so stupid, so desperate, so pointless, so off the mark, and so wrong that uh, I would like to just squash it like a little bug. And, and here it is. You ready? Okay, I'm ready. This Go for is, it. Ready? Barack Obama ruined John Lewis's funeral. He politicized it, and it is the worst thing in American history. How dare he? From from how many different right-wing fake outrage directions have have you heard that? How many times have you heard? A million, and they're trying so hard, and they're they're absolutely landing nothing with that. And it's just the funniest thing to me. Right. And, of course, it, it's completely underscored by Trump's reaction when he was asked in the Axios interview, the clip is playing all over the place, about John Lewis. And he lapsed. I, I barely even knew him. I, I don't think I could say one way or the other if he was I an impactful know. person. I'm not uh, sure. Uh, you know, but, and, and he, he, nobody ever heard about him till I talked about it. He, he pivoted, he pivoted quickly into nobody's done more for the blacks than me. How come? I love I this. I, I love when Paige Faulkner of Fox News was talking about that shit with him. She goes, well, you know, Lincoln did pretty good because it turns out I'm free right now. So I, I don't know if you've done more. <laughs> that was funny. Can I, can I, can I just share this little, uh, moment of, of Trumpism and then we'll go back to the overall whine about Obama. the way uh, Obama just wrecked uh, that funeral, just destroyed it. Um, how would history remember John Lewis, asked Jonathan Swan of Axios. I really don't know. I don't know John Lewis. He chose not to come to my inauguration. I never met John Lewis, actually. I don't believe. Now, the question wasn't, have you no. ever met John Lewis? Right. That, that was not the question. Not and, at all. And the, the question wasn't, did he come or not come to your inauguration? Because, you know, lots of people didn't come to his inauguration, but they may have an important place. I can't say one way or the other. I find a lot of people impressive when asked, well, do you at least find John Lewis to be an impressive individual? I find many people not impressive. He didn't come to my inauguration. He didn't come to my State of the Union speeches. And that's okay. All right, so whenever he does that, whenever he whines and bitches about something and then says, that's okay, what he's really meaning to say is, and so fuck him. All right? Now, back to what he's talking about. And nobody's done more for black Americans than I have. He should have come. I think he made a big mistake. And then Donald Trump went on to talk about the fact that the uh, 1965 Civil Rights Act and Lyndon John, what happened? It didn't help. Nothing changed. Now, Jonathan Swan is a good interviewer, and he's too courteous to take the next question when Trump brings up something like that and go like this. So what was the 1965 Civil Rights Act, sir? He wouldn't (laughs) dare do that because you know that Trump has no idea 
no idea. That, I didn't pass it. Nobody talks about it much because of right. what I've done. It right. Was Nobody brings it up anymore. <laughs> but but for me, I was thinking about this, and I thought, you know what the problem with the 1965 Civil Rights Act for Donald Trump is, and he doesn't even know it. Is it? It made it so that he had to allow black people to stay in his hotels later uh, on. Because, uh, you know, in, in, by the time on. he was building shit in the 70s, it made it possible for the right. government to sue him and his father for discriminating against black people in in renting them apartments in, in Brooklyn and in, in Queens. Well, it's, doesn't that go hand in hand with the tweet from, what, a week or two ago when he was talking about how the American Fair Housing Act couldn't be used to put black people in suburbs uh, next to your nice house? Doesn't that work hand in hand with that? Oh, no doubt about it. No <laughs> yeah. question about it. No Aren't question these two sides of the same coin? All right, so so let's go back to John Lewis's funeral, which by all measures, I think, was a uh, a wonderful service, and not that he needed a great funeral to cement his place in history. No. Not just civil rights history, but just American history. I mean, he's he's really up there with the great names. Yes, absolutely. Um, uh, um, I cannot think of anyone that John Lewis would have wanted to say exactly what he said than Barack Obama. Yeah. That was John Lewis personified. John Lewis would be the last guy on earth, I think, I can't speak for him, he's dead, to say, well, all the shit I've done for 80 years, could you put that aside uh, when, when I'm there? Because I really don't want to be remembered for the things I did over 80 That's years. Right. I don't want to be remembered for the things I stood up for. Well, let's talk about, I was a good golfer. Let's just let's just do that at the service. That'll be fine. Right, right. <laughs> Seriously. Right. And, and, of course, this is all personal to Trump. It's because Barack Obama nailed Trump to the floor and nailed the idea of voter suppression in the year 2020, um, some 55 years after the uh, Civil Rights Act of 1965 was passed and the Voting Rights Act was passed. And everything that Obama was saying was, was on target. And the folks stood up and they cheered and they applauded and that happens at a lot of funerals, I'm told, when, you know, the, 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 I haven't been to that many funerals, but mm-hmm. the best ones that I've been to are where someone gets up there and starts to tell you things about the person that you didn't know that are either really, really touching or really, really hilarious, okay? Right. Right? Those are, those are the great funerals. It's a celebration of life. Those are the best ones. When it's a of celebration course. of that person's life, and there was a lot to ce- This was a life worth celebrating. Right, right. Or as Wolf Blitzer says uh, every day, right before 6 o'clock, a life well-lived, may his memory be a blessing. All right? And uh, it... <laughs> To, to, to try to turn this around and say Obama ruined it, he politicized it. It's such a John, joke. John Lewis's life was politicized the minute they beat the shit out of him on the Edmund Pettus Bridge. Jonathan Absolutely. Swan asked him, would you, would you mind if uh, they renamed the Edmund Pettus Bridge, who was a, he's a Confederate general, right? Right. Because a slave owner, asshole, one of the usual suspects. Would you mind if they changed the name? And, and Trump sheepishly said, no, that, that would be okay. And again, Jonathan Swan didn't take that next step of 
do you know who Edmund Pettus was? Right, no, forget no, it. He has no idea. I never met him. He didn't come to my inauguration either. Well, I didn't like him. Trump would have been for Well, he was one of those other good people on that side. That's right. He's part of our heritage. We don't want to erase history. <laughs> All that horse shit. Look, this is very, very simple. And, and, and I, I was just looking this up when they had the when they had the hearings about a month ago or whatever about um, I, I can't even remember what it was, but it was it was Cedric uh, Richmond, the uh, congressman from New Orleans. And he's yelling at Matt Gates and Matt Gates gets very upset. Yeah. And it's it's an old thing about a dog. If he's hollering, he's hit all of the Trump people and people who aren't even Trump people. They saw Barack Obama and they got to hear from their friends who aren't drinking the Kool-Aid, who aren't on the MAGA train anymore. And they go. Jesus Christ, it is amazing to have like a real human being speaking real thoughts, not about himself. And, and, and it just shows you what we had in Obama and what a great, and it just flew all over those people. They couldn't handle it. So they had to shit on it. They had to take to Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and TikTok and 4chan and Reddit and just talk about how Barack Obama ruined a great man's funeral and politicized it. it could have been a great thing, but he turned it into this screeching attack against Donald Trump. And it's just not true. You can say it a million times. You can raise the volume to a million, but it ain't true. And America saw it. I America saw Barack Obama and people who have any kind of heart at all and openness to this all. Oh, my God, that was amazing. And it it just made them go back and go, geez, I I wish that guy was still president. And that just destroys the Trump people. And that's why they have to shit all over it or at least attempt to. But they're getting zero traction with any of that shit, Brad. Or you've probably seen that chart, the, uh, the line graph of the ratings on TV from that day. And uh, that day, during the funeral of John Lewis, curiously, the ratings, the number of people watching Fox News was way, way down. In other words, <laughs> in other words, the core audience that usually puts them into first place much of the day, they were not interested in that funeral. They were not interested in hearing. Uh, about what John Lewis was, what he stood for, where he is going to be in history. And I didn't want to hear the nice words about that man. Mm-hmm. So most of them did not see Barack Obama speak. And probably when he started to walk up to the, the podium there, they turned the channel if they were watching it because, remember, he was a president who should have never been president because he wasn't right. born in the United States. And yet to. somehow the message and the, the tone right. and the tenor right. got out yes. to a huge section yes. of America. Yes, I, I'm offended by something that I would never have watched and would not have cared about. But I've got to let you know that it really offended me that Barack Obama did something about someone that I didn't really care about and refuse to acknowledge as a great man in American history, John Lewis. It offends me because Sean Hannity told me I needed to. Apparently, he spent a whole hour on this. Oh, my God. Well, again, if he's hollering, he's hit. They know that this the damage that was done by this to see a real eloquent human being who people miss greatly as president up there speaking and and speaking his heart and and encapsulate. Because Barack Obama understands history. Obama understands his presidency isn't possible without the work of people like John Lewis. He understands that, and they they can't stand it, so they have to try to shit on it any possible way they can. All right, one last one last thing, and then we'll we'll move on here because uh, it was mentioned 
as you know, because we just said it, that Trump was really, really upset that John Lewis insulted him by not coming to his inauguration, <laughs> let alone. Great. But wait, and he also did not go to George W. Bush's inauguration because in the year 2000, uh, and uh, you and I are both old enough to remember yeah, that, yeah. there were people who were still really, really upset over the way that election. I seem to recall the Supreme Court decision not going over very well to right. a lot of people, including and, the person you're talking to now. And some some folks thought that George W. Bush was an illegitimate president. And over time, that sort of faded away. And, okay, time sort of heals most wounds. And exactly. Al Gore did that great thing. He did. And, and conceded. And, and, and But John Lewis said at that moment, I'm just not going to go to his inauguration. So you know how George W. Bush also paid back John Lewis. Last he spoke week? at his he spoke at his funeral. That's exactly right. <laughs> he and he was great. I mean, he was amazing. Right. So so according to the Donald Trump playbook, what does that make George W. Bush right? A never Trumper, a rhino. <laughs> no, a sap. A sap. A loser. A moron. Because in the Trump world, and you don't have to have read Mary Trump's book to know this, forgiveness is weakness. Oh, yes. Forgiveness is weakness. And just think what you'd think of George W. Bush if he wouldn't have gone, and then if someone would have asked him and he would have said, I didn't go to his funeral because he didn't go to my inauguration. You would have thought that, well, that he was just as big an asshole as Donald Trump. And, of course, he's not. There are a lot of things you can say about George W. Bush. Lousy president, got us into a war, the, 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 all, all the kind of things. But the one thing that the Bush has always had, the whole family, they had good manners. They did. They had grace. Absolutely. A hundred percent. And even if the manners cover up policies that you don't like, they do come in handy at times like this. And so... George W. Bush did the right thing. Of course, Bill Clinton was was there. And, well, that's the and that well, seems to be the right wing attack that they've settled on. That this pedophile Bill Clinton ruined the funeral. That's also another kind of corollary. Yes, <laughs> yeah, this pedophile who you know apparently was at the right hand of Jeffrey Epstein for all these years. Donald Trump didn't even know who Jeffrey Epstein was. Never yeah, met him. Never doesn't have any. Has no clue. But this pedophile Bill Clinton ruined John Lewis's funeral. That also seems to be like another kind of att attack to try to shit on this funeral any possible way that they can. Exactly right. All right. Um, let's go. Let's talk some more about the Jonathan Swan interview because the takeaway quote is quote They are dying. That's true. And you have it is what it is. But that doesn't mean we haven't. We're not doing everything we can. It's under control as much as you can control it. This is a horrible plague. Of course, he's talking about the coronavirus. This seems to be the takeaway quote from that really fantastic interview. Jonathan Swan needs to be given like a million kudos for this. But that seems to be the takeaway. Hey, hey, hey. We give out cookies. We don't give out kudos. We give out cookies here. All of the every Girl Scout in America should just go ahead and send this dude uh, like a case of cookies. That, that seems to be the takeaway. It is what it is. That is actually the quote that's on the front of the Drudge Report right now is a picture of Trump. With it is what it is, Brad. Well, isn't it what it is? <laughs> I think when you when you look at the pantheon of, of presidential quotes that have been shoved up people's asses, such as "You're doing a heck of a job, Brownie," et cetera, et cetera. This one's gonna. I mean, this this is off the charts. This is beyond any of that. Top, yeah. I mean, come on, yeah, because, it is what it is. Because uh, all you have to do, and um, you know, we're not in the. 
TV production business in terms of political commercials, but this doesn't seem like to be much of a hard lift when you uh, pull that clip and then put the number 155,000, whatever the number is going to be when they run the commercial, they can keep changing it. They can, right? They can alter it every, every Well, you day. do the, you do the, the odometer thing is what you do. That's what you, I think on the thing. Yeah. When you, when you show it on the, on the clip on the, on the video. Yeah. You know what I've noticed? He stopped saying, and it's only probably because he's forgotten that he used to say it as one of his, he, he used to say, you know, if, if we hadn't done what we'd done, there would be millions of people dead. He doesn't even play that card anymore because you know n- nobody's buying it exactly um because of course that was always a straw man argument as if there were there, there was a body of thought that we should do nothing okay and and donald trump came in uh on horseback with his uh anti-viral sword and and, and slayed the dragon that's what he was trying to say when he was pulling that shit out <laughs> how's that working he, he, doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't try that trick anymore no that's not that happening. doesn't work out too well um, but, uh, we do have a new state. We have a new state at the, uh, the, the top of the, the, uh, the hotspot, um, uh, list. What is that? Uh, it looks like it's moving and, and not the Florida's doing great, but they're not doing quite as badly horrible as they were a few days ago. And, uh, your, your, your new number one record is Mississippi. Oh, Mississippi. Who knew that it would be a deeply Republican state, Brad? Who knew that that would be the case for somebody exploding like that? Testing is down 8% from two weeks ago, but cases are up 37%, which, of course, runs into Donald Trump's theory that if you just stopped testing, you'd get fewer cases. I don't know how that didn't turn out to be true, but it's turning out to be true in Mississippi. Which, by the way, he furthered that particular thesis in the uh, Swan interview like every, several times. Every chance he gets. Every opportunity he gets. Uh, as uh, one state doctor in Mississippi puts it, the uh, ICUs are getting crowded in the hospitals. COVID-19 is layered on top of our existing challenges. And uh, this is a state, Mississippi, that has high degrees of diabetes, hypertension, heart disease, and obesity um so it's now all over red state america it's not just a uh tri-state area new york city (laughs) new jersey uh phenomenon anymore and trump is sadly now if he was sunk before he's he's sunk again because it's very i mean i think are we reaching the numeric level where and and I don't know anybody individually who has caught it. I don't. Uh, I know people who know people who've caught it. Right. Um. And I certainly I don't know anybody that's died from it. I have a cousin. I got a cousin who lives around here who actually got it. And she did recover. Yeah. But, but eventually the 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 numbers are going to work out where you know minimally every other person or two out of three people are going to know of someone in their life that's had it. And then there'll be a subset of people for whom. And then Republicans can acknowledge it's not a hoax when it actually comes into their life in some sort of periphery. Well, yeah, your, your guess is as good as mine right. as to what is the tipping point percentage wise of number of people in the country who have to know someone uh, for it to uh, not be a hoax 
anymore. And of course, really, most Republican politicians don't use that word anymore. Anyway, they're trying to let it slip away. But uh, there's obviously enough recording devices out there that have enough people uh, who have video of themselves using that word that as we get closer to the election and uh, the local commercials start to to run with more frequency, I would guess I would be holding that back. If if I were a Democratic candidate for, for anything and I had a video of the other person saying that it was a hoax, it would go away, you know, parroting what Trump was saying all these months, I would hold that back until about two weeks before the election and, and throw then it down. let it drop. I would just let it drop. I think it's very, and when you go back to talking about Mississippi, I think it's very easy to kind of flippantly and casually talk about poor states by like Mississippi or West Virginia or Arkansas or anything like that. But it, it does bear repeating that places like that were already stretched very thin when it came to health care and access to health care right. before this even started, before there even was a COVID-19 hitting anybody. And now their system has been, shall we say, overwhelmed by well, to the power of 10 by this thing. Well, if you combine what you just said with complete fealty to the president, I mean, Mississippi is in that, that, that group of states that you talked about yesterday that really aren't much of a heavy lift for Trump exactly. to win again. You know, they, you know, they bought a sh- I mean, they almost elected Roy Moore. They did. Uh, no, that was, he wasn't in Mississippi. He was in Alabama. Alabama, but that means. Excuse me. How did I confuse those two? Well, those two are, first of all, they order each other and they're almost interchangeable when it comes to their love of Donald Trump. So you would be forgiven for that. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, they're both in the Big Ten. (laughs) That's exactly (laughs) right. Yeah. 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 All right. So if you combine a bad bad, uh, uh, healthcare system overall, um, a, 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 I don't know if uh, Mississippi is majority black but it's probably got the highest percentage well, and they're in the i mean they're right there in the what they call the stroke belt aren't they part of that whole situation and then you, we don't keep our under the best of circumstances in the united states we haven't kept ourselves healthy just on a regular basis by going to the doctor and finding out what's wrong with us and what we need to work on and you know doing the right diet and all that other stuff and, and mississippi's part of that i mean there's, there's so many different factors that go into that but, but that's add in resistance to wearing masks because yeah. donald trump said sure. so. i mean it, it all it all fits it's sad it's terrible for the uh, the people there, and I'm I'm sure they've they've had outbreaks in um, old age homes and, and and places like that, like like a lot of places have all over the country. But anyway, just to, to keep your eye on on Mississippi here over the next few days, they're uh, they're headed up there. Right. Well, you you got to feel very badly for those people, but I think they're going to be comforted by this. The president yesterday ordering the heads of the U.S. Department of Homeland Security and the Department of Labor to protect U.S. workers, Brad, from any damage to wages or working conditions caused by employment or foreign of uh, foreign citizens on the H-1B visa. Now, this is something that American families have been talking about for a long time, if it hasn't been forever, that, gosh, all of those furners are coming in and hurting our jobs. Trump's executive order also directs chiefs of federal government agencies to audit the, the use of foreign contract workers. Whether changes will be implemented and enforced remains to be seen, according to Ron Hira, a Howard University professor who studies the H-1B. But, Brad, there's an executive order that means something, and it's out there, and that should be something to sleep on tonight for most of America's working families. Hmm. Well, uh, I, I do think we, we need to do uh, an update on 
Trump and TikTok. Okay. Uh, yes, there is a TikTok. Because the, the the story has has been been changing very very quickly. It's very rad. This Sarah Cooper woman is causing a lot of problems for America's teenagers. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah, well, it's uh, it's 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 way way past her. Um, you know, because uh, early this morning it was now Google uh, was was interested in making a bid. Facebook was interested. In, in in getting a, uh, uh, a bid in there. There's no way Facebook's going to be allowed to buy TikTok because last time I checked, uh, Facebook is fairly large in the social media universe. And I don't know. I've if, never if heard of Instagram. Right. If, you you... if you drag Zuckerberg up there and beat the shit out of him for being uh, too dominant, how? why would you ever let him uh, get a, uh, uh, his, his fangs into uh, an already successful one well, because so Congress is often uh, Congress is often hypocritical on a variety of issues, but please continue. Well, well but they're not. They're not, but this is where they could pretend to be tough. Okay? This is where they could pretend yeah, that, never, they, that they can't be paid off by Zuckerberg. Right, 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 right. But but th- th- this is the, the the part that interests me, which is Trump stepping up and saying that uh, if there's a deal before September fifteenth, before September fifteenth that the United States government should get a cut, that we ought to get a commission, uh, some vigorish, um, a percentage of the value of the deal to go into the United <laughs> States Treasury yes. and the taxpayers. Because that's what the law says, doesn't it? That the, the government gets kickbacks? This, to me, this was the, the most unbelievable, autocratic, dictatorial, <laughs> where the fuck did you pull this out of your ass, idea ever and let's roll back about oh six or seven years when barack obama in the middle of a long speech about businesses reconstituting themselves and getting their their act together and doing good things in the community and then out of context he used the phrase you didn't build that when he was making sure that everyone knew that no matter what kind of business you have, you use the roads, you, you, uh, you drink the water, you do all the things that help your business exist. And that part of your business, yeah, you didn't build. You benefit from being in the United States of America. They took that out. They took that out of context and used it forever. Romney yep. used it in uh, 2012 as the, the banner over his fat head, uh, mm-hmm. Down in Florida, at their you didn't build that, right? That's exactly and, right. Tried to shove it up his ass because you know Barack Obama could be therefore portrayed as Karl Marx and Vladimir Lenin and Stalin and Hitler all rolled into one. Government everything all the time. We run everything, which of course it just wasn't true. So all these years later, here comes Donald Trump, and you have uh, Microsoft a. A, an American company, successful American company, wanting to uh, buy uh, part of this Chinese company, uh, which is not illegal, but Trump raises, I think, fair objections to say, look, if you're going to do this, you got to make sure that it's walled off and the Chinese can't use TikTok to spy on every American. Okay, I, hey, I'm, I'm all there. Now, I don't know how you make the leap from that, just saying, okay, um, also, uh, w- we want a cut of the deal. 
If you pay $25 billion yeah. for TikTok, we want 10% of that. We want $2.5 billion because you know, I'm the greatest guy ever. And, and, <laughs> and, and, but here's, here's how he explained it. Okay. And, and I, he explained it, and I'm not reading this. This is what he said. He, right. he was going back to his days as a New York City developer and landlord. And since that species is not human, New York City landlords, of course, are the worst people to ever walk the earth. Well, they sure. suck. They're sure. just, they're, just they're, they're vermin, right? It's well, no, yeah. Right. Um, when you try to get an apartment in New York, and I'm not talking about right now. I'm talking about no, up in until, general. until it's very tough. Because they've had rent control, they don't build enough apartments. That's why it's expensive. You know, a one-bedroom apartment in New York is four thousand dollars. All that kind of shit, and that's bad enough. But there are these companies that control the rental process, and not only do you have to pay the first month and the last month and a deposit, but then just as you're ready to sign, they throw something at you called key money. You got to give us key money. That's just an extra charge. Remember on your phone bill, you had all those things. You didn't know what the hell they were. So this well, literally is: you don't get the key if you don't give me this money. Exactly. <laughs> is that, it's it's at the very. It would be as if you bought a Holy car. Holy shit! Even the yeah, the car dealers haven't even thought of this shit, right. and they rook you five ways till Sunday. Right. But if 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 the car dealers did that, you know, you would have made the deal for the car, and you're ready to to drive the car home, and then they say, oh, by the way, we need an extra thousand dollars, or I'm not giving you the keys. Oh okay. my god! Right. So so Trump actually said this yesterday. You can look it up. There's there's a hundred different versions of the story. He actually says in New York City, they have something called key money. This is like key money. So he thinks that he is the landlord over all commerce and all deals in the world and is allowed, like any good mafia don, well, to shake you down. Here's the actual quote. It's a little bit like the landlord-tenant. Without a lease, the tenant has nothing, so they pay what's called key money, or they pay something, Trump said. But the United States should be reimbursed or should be paid a substantial amount of money because without the United States, they don't have anything, at least having to do with the 30%. Yeah, that, that's the ver that's his version of you didn't build that, right? Without the <laughs> United States, shit. Microsoft wouldn't be able to make the deal. Well, that's true. Without the United States, Microsoft probably wouldn't exist. None of us might exist without the United States. But uh, um, this is just so over the top. It's so outrageous. It's so dictatorial. It's so autocratic. It's so thuggish. It's so New York City landlordish. I cannot believe. I can't. And I, and I know that people in this country who are worried about the next meal on the table, their kids going back to school, the possibility that whatever job they had is never going to exist again, paying this month's rent, paying this month's. I know they're not really concerned about what Donald Trump is doing, getting in between Microsoft and or Google and or Facebook and tick. I understand that. But God damn it, at some point, people, let me shake you by the lapels. This guy is out of control. 
He's completely out of control. But do you know what, Mr. This is what kills me is like the people in Gadsden, Alabama, and the people in, you know, places like Valdosta, Georgia, think this guy, this guy really understands my life. They don't know what the fuck key money is. They've never heard of this concept. This is some bullshit slick Yankee thing that he came up with, but they'd like to pretend that he's out there in the truck with them as they've got the rifle in the back. That's what kills me. But it isn't even a New York thing, because if you explain it the right way, and it doesn't take a lot of explanation, anybody in the country would know that when you make a deal, you make a deal. And that's it. It has nothing to do with somebody coming along at the last minute and say, uh, you know, if you want that thing to go through, you got to. Slip me a little bit of extra. That's not how we do business. No, it's not. And the and the guys out there in in middle America, they don't understand that. This this sounds like another way to to, to you know rook them out of some money to shake them we shake do them down. It fashion way in the United States, we let Goldman Sachs take their eight percent. You know, you're right about that. And, and, and as far front, as TikTok you, is concerned, you know yeah. I, and as far as TikTok is concerned, I want American companies spying on Americans. I don't want Chinese companies doing that. So God damn it, we need to get this deal done. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's so what that, I'm saying. That's uh, that that that's all I got on the the uh, TikTok he, thing for today. And uh, Kodak continues to fade. That's uh, if you. This is on, this if amazing. You, if, you, if you thought you were going to make money off of this deal, you are just nuts. This is the 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 thing is that Donald Trump has decided to kill a business that's been around for more than a hundred years. I don't I don't understand how all that worked out, but he's decided oh, to already, you know, He didn't kill them. They were already bankrupt once. Oh, okay, so he decided to go ahead and take the course and just go ahead and try to bang it a few uh, times. This is, not, this is not about him making them bankrupt. This is about uh, until the investigation is 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 initiated and done. This is about him throwing tax money uh, down the toilet. But he's totally screwed them. To a comp- he hasn't screwed them. He hasn't screwed them. He's he's not screwing them. Well, the stock price isn't. I thought you were telling me the stock price was not going up. I thought the stock price was going down. He control the stock price. Directly. I understand that, but his 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 comments and his attention to the company have not been positive for the stock price. I don't think. Well, you know, it went from two to sixty. It it, it went up. And now it's and now it's on the way down, isn't it? It's falling back. But yeah. but the fact that the deal ever existed, that's the problem. Uh, I'm not worried about the stock price. Well, it's not, it's not what you're worried about, but it seems like every time he draws attention to something, it eventually shits the bed. That, that, that would be the point. And try, he, and it's a, I think it's a phony deal mm-hmm. because this is a company that knows as much, I think, about, uh, uh, making generic drugs. Uh, I mean, you may as well have gone to, uh, the, you know, you've gone to Apple. Okay. <laughs> they, or, or is Apple in the drug bit? No. Let's get them in there. Yeah, come on. Why not? It just doesn't make any sense because there's a million companies that did it. But uh, it's down another 11% today. And so it went it went from 2 to 60. It's at 13. So anybody, 13 might be a great entry point. It might go back up. I don't know. I have no idea. I'm not involved. I have no personal how how much faith do you have in that first round of the of, of the vaccine? Would you be somebody who would be willing to stand up and take the vaccine first time around? Oh well, there isn't one yet. So when it comes and it is being tested right now, it's approved. Hell yes, I'm in. Okay, I I don't know, but I'm I'm something about the management of this from the federal government's point of view and the guy who's in charge of the presidency, even though he's not directly in charge of the testing and all that stuff, gives me a little less confidence than I might have in any other administration. Well, I'm not going to let – see, this is so out in the open, okay? Um, and 
I just think in this particular case that they're going to be more careful than they might otherwise have been. Possibly. To to uh, make sure that, they, you know, I think they have to do the, the test first on 30,000 people. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is going to happen before this is uh, approved for general use. And, and, and I'm in on it. I'm okay. Uh, the National Institutes of Health announcing today that it is starting two trials testing whether an experimental antibody drug can work as a safe and effective treatment in patients with COVID-19. The trials are called Active 2 and Active 3. We'll look at Eli Lilly's experimental drug treatment, which is being developed in partnership with Canadian biotech firm Abcelera. The companies announced yesterday they began a phase three trial testing whether the treatment can prevent the spread of coronavirus in residents and staff at nursing homes. So that is good. Uh, that is good stuff. And you, it, you saw Dr. Fauci last week saying that he is cautiously optimistic that we might have some sort of vaccine by the end of the year. Yeah. I, 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 I'm kind of past even paying attention to this back and forth on, I mean, every time someone says that, even Fauci, I go, well, wait a minute. There is no AIDS vaccine. It's been mm-hmm. 30 years. I I just think that we have to come to the realization that we may have to live with this yeah. and adapt to it. Well, if not, it's treatable, that's one not, thing. Right, and not sit around and and think that a vaccine is a magic bullet. And no. that's what Trump is trying to sell. Trump is, I mean, we, uh, we know that you know, on October 20th, He's going to have some kind of announcement. You just know it. I mean, it, it, it's going to be even more outrageous than LeBron James's the decision ten years ago. Okay, it's going to be that over the top. <laughs> Nothing could be that outrageous. What are you talking about? Okay, yeah, um, that, that was the most. That was more outrageous than Barack Obama speaking at John Lewis's funeral and turning into some sort of political fuckfest, Brad. But here, here's the good news. Here's the good news. It's way past that now. It's so far, if tomorrow, if this afternoon mm-hmm. it was announced that we have a vaccine and it'll be ready in, in six weeks and the first 10 million doses, but do you think Donald Trump wins re-election? No. I don't think so. Okay, so uh, I don't think we need to sit here and be fearful of Donald Trump's brilliant five-level chess October surprise. He's so smart. Look what he did. Though. He didn't do anything in, in, in 2016. Fucking James Comey read a fucking letter about fucking Hillary Clinton. Yeah. And that did it. That wasn't Donald Trump's no, yeah. surprise. So no. don't, don't give me that. It was America living with 25 years of Hillary Clinton and having her to bat around for that time. That was as much. It wasn't anything that he did. And she still won the election as far as the popular vote by a pretty decent margin. Well, but you're 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 discounting the 10 million illegal votes. That you- <laughs> That's correct. Okay. The people that were bust in and out. Where's the executive order banning that, Brad? Where is the- see that? That was my point about the executive order and the, all these executive. They mean nothing. It, it, it's like he's just searching. He can't enforce it. There's no way to do it. It's like uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna sign an executive order. Every man gets a blowjob Tuesday at five. Now, all right, that's gonna win me the election. All right, let me ask you a question here. Did you? Fill out an absentee ballot request. No, I haven't done that. Why don't you do it? I don't know. I I, I thought I could just vote early. Couldn't I just do that? You can. No, you can vote early. Yeah. You, you, and by the way, you can fill out an absentee ballot request and and not even do it and still go vote. 
Yeah. I'm just saying that the safest thing to do if you're in a state like North Carolina, right, which is a you don't need an excuse. You just mm-hmm. fill out the thing, just download it, print it off, fill it out, and send it. You know how to do that. Um, uh, for our for our over ninety people, that's a little bit more difficult, but it's, <laughs> it's not hard to do. But we should help them. We should go and help them if we can, if we can. Right. Um. But it, it's a good idea, just because uh, you know we don't know what the landscape is going to look like a month from now, or six weeks oh, from true. now, or leading up to election day, or and, and remember. Uh, you know, voter suppression is their strategy, right? That's or, the only. I think that's the only strategy right now. That's that's what it's all about. And uh, I was uh, uh, checking out this whole uh, early voting thing and this whole uh, absentee ballot, or as Donald Trump likes to try to confuse in the Republicans, he's trying to differentiate between an absentee ballot and a vote by mail ballot. Okay. Exactly. And yeah. then Muddy the waters. he tries to make it sound as if the, there's some kind of a national policy that the Democrats are trying to enact, which they can't, of universal mail-in voting, which, of course, that, that's a phrase that's just made up. Okay. It's like jumbo shrimp. It doesn't, it doesn't mean anything. Okay. <laughs> jumbo shrimp. <laughs> <laughs> Um, military intelligence, you know, all the, all those ones. Um, but you know, there, there, there are five states that have gone to, uh, mail-in voting, you know, uh, basically across the board for, for at least 10 years. I think it's, uh, Oregon and Washington and Utah and Colorado. And there's a fifth one. I can't think of what it is. And, you know, mm-hmm. they have no problem with it. And, uh, in recent times, there are examples on both sides of how mail-in voting can be really, really great or can be really, really fucked up. Let's start with the with the winning example. The winning example is Montana. Now, Montana is governed by Governor Steve Bullock. Remember him? He ran for president for a while. And he was actually pretty impressive, smart guy, no doubt about it. But you know, he never got any traction as a presidential candidate, and now he's uh, trying to snag the Senate seat. Um, up there, <coughs> excuse me. And uh, several months ago, before their primary, he gave permission to uh, all of the uh, counties in Montana to send everybody, everybody who's a registered voter, a mail-in ballot. And guess what happened? They did that. And guess what happened? Montana had the highest voter participation of any state in a primary, and they had no problems. They had no fraud. They had no no drama, no nothing. And nobody got COVID-19 waiting in line to vote. Even early voting, you could get COVID-19, theoretically, right? Doesn't matter. Theoretically. Montana did it right. Now, what's the opposite of that? Ready? Guess which state is the worst state in the country right now in terms of trying to coordinate um, regular voting and mail-in voting. Take a guess. Is it Florida? You're, you're close. Correct conference. <laughs> uh, Georgia, South there Carolina. You Georgia. Georgia. You, you should have stopped with Georgia. Yeah. In Georgia, a complete clusterfuck. A oh, complete geez. clusterfuck. And now, I understand. I mean, just coincidentally, there's going to be a lot of black people voting in Georgia, too, from what I hear. Well, it's not just that. I mean, look, Georgia has been a 
an epicenter for voter suppression oh my and God. black voter suppression you know, since the Civil War and probably before. The, well, I guess you know, they couldn't even vote before the Civil War. Um, and, you know, this is how you get Stacey Abrams not being the governor of that state because they know how to cheat. And they completely screwed up uh, uh, mail-in voting because they they didn't do what Montana did. They didn't say, we're just going to send a ballot to every registered voter. Okay. Oh. Um, they said, this, this is... <laughs> you have to, you have to fill out a request to get a ballot. And millions of people did, and hundreds of thousands of people never got their ballot in the mail. So they probably got confused and they said, well, I didn't get it in the mail, but I, I requested, uh, can I still vote? You know, it was everything that shouldn't happen. And I contend it's on purpose. I contend it's absolutely on purpose. So, uh, this and I'll tell you why this pisses me off is that disingenuous jerk Brian Kemp, who's the governor of the state of Georgia, he's making all of these eloquent speeches about John Lewis and what a statesman he was. And here, the son of a bitch is uh, part of suppressing the vote as hard as he possibly can. Yep. Yep. I I, uh, I completely agree with you. Anyway, we'll uh, we'll stay on the uh, on the mail-in voting thing because it's it is a big deal and it is it's pretty easy to do if you're uh, listening to us here in north carolina um you know you just have to the thing has the you know you have to send it to your county and it's got the address on there it's it's pretty easy now uh we filled out ours about a month ago mm-hmm. and of course we haven't gotten any reply yet i don't expect to um and i don't expect to get gypped or ripped off or ignored and you know, if it did happen, you know, we would be able to vote. But but uh, Jane and I were we're still able, we're still mobile, we can still do that. But lots of people can't, and lots of people don't want to uh, go out at all, and for good reason. But um, you know, we need to stay on this because this could be the key, uh, not just to Joe Biden getting elected president, but everybody down ballot too, because this is a concerted um, a national effort by Republicans to try to squash this um, by their pernicious way of voter suppression and by lying about it. Okay. Other than that, they're being real square with us. Brad and Brit.com.